Good afternoon, ladies. I'm with a very special woman by the name of Rachel Lazar. Rachel Lazar is a woman from the States who put together Nashim Magazine, an Orthodox Jewish women's magazine where they come together to share stories that give support and guidance to each other. Their mission is to give firm women a voice and to help each other so they never need to struggle alone. They address topics such as things that are pushed under the rug, especially and openly discussing things that are going through your life and connecting with other women with the same kind of experiences. So, so hello, Rachel. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Great. Amazing. So is your name pronounced Rachel or Rachel? It's actually Rachel. Rachel. Okay, cool. Because my name is Hannah Rachel, and it's really funny because everywhere I go, I meet people who are like, Hannah Rachel, Hannah, Hannah Rachel. Like, it's just, there's so many, so many ways of, of pronouncing these, these names. So, um, okay, cool. So, um, Rachel, can you tell us, how did you start with this machine magazine? So, um, I used to write a lot for local publications. Um, and I'm actually national publications also before I was married and had kids. And then I put my writing on hold for many, many years while I was raising my family. Um, and about a year and a half ago, I started to write again after going through a lot of, um, I would say life experience. (laughs) Um, but I, the type of writing that I like to do is a lot of personal essays. I like to use my writing to connect with people, to, um, I guess, inspire people along their own journeys. Um, and I was seeing that I was having a very hard time finding a place that I could send in my writing that was willing to publish these pieces in a way that felt like my voice and also didn't have a crazy editing or accepted stuff at all because of the subject matter. Um, and I realized there really isn't so many places that that religious Jewish women could share their stories in a way that wasn't, I don't want to say edited, but like really um, just a place like to be honest, I guess, to be real and, and raw. And um, so I was discussing this with my husband that I was frustrated and he was like, go start your own magazine. Mm. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> That's awesome. It sounds like he was really supportive of you. Yes. He definitely has been a big support throughout this whole journey. That's incredible. So um, that's really amazing. Just scrolling through your site, and I see that you really do have inspiring content over there. And um, and Nashim, it actually sounds like a fashion magazine, but it's really not just fashion. I see that it's really all about also emotional health, and you also have like different parts about the Chagim, and you know, I guess it's more like a lifestyle magazine for a Jewish religious woman. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at it as like this is more like a like a women's journal, women's magazine, the the type that you'd get in the mail from the outside world, but like really. Um, for religious women, like discussing things that come up in our lives, like, you know, real issues that we face every day. And and a lot of times these things aren't being discussed in other places. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, like a woman's, I don't know. I, I always, I used to read real simple. So I kind of, in my mind, kind of modeled it off of that. I don't yeah. Know if you've heard of that one. Um, of which one? It's called Real Simple. It's, it's yeah, kind simple. of a conglomerate of everything. It's not, I mean, they have really 
yeah, it's, it's everything. Like it's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's not just fashion. It's, it's a lot of things. I actually didn't even come at this from a fashion angle. I, I kind of touch a little bit on different things, but I really came at it from more of a journalistic perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's actually interesting. Have you ever heard of, um, you've probably heard of times of Israel, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm actually also a writer in times of Israel and they offer like, they actually offer women from all different walks of life to just be different writers on their, on their site. Is this something right. you ever considered? Um, a little bit. I mean, I think that for me, I wanted a, the time times of Israel is great in the fact that it's for sharing. If like, you know, somebody, you know, or some, a topic that's been brought up is really great for sharing a specific article a million times all over the internet. Um, I kind of wanted something that would be more of a like circular issue. Like this is one issue that comes out a month and it has, like a compilation of different writers in one space as opposed to like letting things out one at a time like I wanted it to be like a real published magazine you know what I'm saying yeah so is this magazine like only yours or are there other also also other authors that write oh, under so the label? I actually have not written for my magazine in many really that's advertisers and new writers and doing the reviews and, the, and setting up the photo shoots. Like I'm so busy with all the other logistics of the magazine that I think the last time I wrote was for like Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. <laughs> in a very long time. That's so funny, which, which is why I think you're amazing at it anyway, because like I saw your photo shoot for Hanabana and like I saw your photo shoots and your content and, and it looks like you're doing a great job with whatever you're doing. So Thank you. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah, I'm wearing a lot of hats right now. <laughs> no, for sure. I think I think when anyone starts a new business in the beginning, you really do have to wear a lot of different hats and yeah, you know, work your way up until you actually do exactly what you want to be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it's definitely been fun. It's been an experience, and I'm I'm enjoying the different aspects of it. Well, most of them, <laughs> but yeah. it's definitely not. That I didn't ever expect any like it's all been very new and exciting so it's it's new surprises around every corner how about that <laughs> that's for sure that's great so okay and one last weird question have you ever heard of the magazine um Nashim in Israel uh, so I have I that is more of a fashion magazine yeah so okay. I, I didn't really know much about them when I started I just knew that there was an Israeli magazine <laughs> got, that's all I knew. Like I didn't yeah. know about it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> now yeah. That been established for a year. Obviously, people ask, "Are you?" You know, they're. That's so it. funny. So you didn't actually know when you were making your magazine when you were naming no. it. You know, that is so funny. That's hysterical because, like, personally, I've been living here for the past like since I was three. So like for me, you know, I heard of like Nashi magazine. I was like, oh, cool. And then like you, and then I spoke with you, and then I'm like, oh yeah, you probably opened up. I think it's like I was like it's probably like the English version of the Nashi magazine that I know of and I thought that was right. incredible because like you know we have so many angles in Israel and I thought that was such a really great idea but now that I hear it's just a purely American magazine that's it's really interesting so um would you ever consider collaborating and making it more of a fashion thing or you want to keep it more of like a lifestyle um I actually hadn't even entertained the thought as an interesting idea <laughs> um, but I think I mean I think I really didn't start it to be a fashion magazine. Like I really did start it from more of a 
uh, storytelling. So I, I mean, I, I like the fact that we kind of touch on a lot of different areas, but in general, yeah, I think that we're, I'm probably going to keep it more from the angle that I've started it at. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important also to kind of like stick to the DNA, you know, um, yeah. to the, where you came from and why you're doing what you're doing. So it's very important to constantly, you know, go back to that and remember that. So, um, Rachel, how many writers do you have today for Nashville Magazine? Oh my goodness. I do not know. <laughs> um, a lot. I have a lot of writers who are amazing and love and are, I, I love how generous they've been and can, they continue to send me new things every month or every other month. Um, I have a big group of consistent writers like that. And then every month I also get a lot of new writers who just really want a place to tell their stories and just they'll email me and be like, Hey, I have a story to tell. Can you help me put this together? And there's, a good amount of them of them every single month and sometimes those become my regular writers for me also so you know wow. it's a big group thank god it's been it's been amazing meeting people and and really connecting with people like this has been such a great experience for me as well so that's beautiful and it also sounds like you really do have a big group of of women does any woman who wants to come and write for you get the you know get the ability or it's just you need to go and kind of and first read what she has to say and then once she passes like some sort of an assessment then she can go into the magazine um i mean it's really most people well i don't know it's a lot of times people send something in and i'll, I'll it has to be fitting with the i guess the angle and the ideal that we're going for mm -hmm. um once in a while I'll get something that I don't think fits the magazine. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes those people will come back with something else. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, it, it depends. A lot of times, like, if it's a writer who's written for me, a lot of times before, you know, it doesn't take very much editing. And I'll just, you know, go through and just do my grammar thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's both. It's a lot. It's a lot of both, really. So if you were to pitch the angle, let's say, to like a new author or just someone you're passing by in the street who seems like a super interesting woman, how would you describe the content or the angle that you're trying to reach with this magazine? So I always describe Nashim as a place for women to connect, to feel like they're being supported through any um, life issues, struggles they're dealing with, any type of even just day to day, like, you know, people working and, and, you know, working at home and being mothers and being, or going through not just mothers. I mean, we've got the whole range of ages. We've got grandmothers, we have single girls, we've got everybody like just going through their life experiences, just feeling like they have support. They're not alone. Anything that they're dealing with, there's a whole community of women behind them. And I feel like, um, in all of our articles, people can find aspects of them, of their themselves in there. So, um, I, it's like, yeah, it's a place to connect. It's a place to sometimes also discuss some issues that are pushed under the carpet sometimes in, in the rest of the community that people thinks that they don't necessarily talk about openly. Um, so yeah, <laughs> whenever I see somebody, I think that would be interesting for the, for the magazine or somebody who I feel would inspire others or uplift others. I, I mean, I always tell them, come check out the website and make sure that it's a place that you want to be connected with first. Mm -hmm. um, but most people that get back to me and I mean, I would say 
eight, nine, nine, nine point nine percent of people get back to me and say, wow, this is an amazing thing that's happening here. And I would love to be connected with it. So. Wow, that's beautiful. So so what I understand is really that you kind of cover women from all the different colors of the rainbow in the Jewish mm-hmm. community. And I think that's really important because in Judaism, you have the whole concept of that we're supposed to, you know, love the one that's different from us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, you know, in, in the Jewish circle, I think it's very easy sometimes to lose yourself with what sounds familiar, you know, like, oh, a woman is you know, married by a certain age or a woman, she, she's married, she has kids, she's happily married. But no, like, like you said, there are women um, who don't, who don't necessarily have the happiest marriage. There are women who aren't married, who want to be. There are grandmothers that are kind of, you know, getting older and they see their life kind of like changing within the Jewish circle. And, and I'm sure you also probably have religious teenagers that are struggling with their weight or like, you know, there's so many different aspects. So yeah. Let's say you have a girl who really wants to share one of her one of her stories. Would you allow her to send in a story and it being published anonymously? Oh yeah, we definitely have people who have published That's anonymously. Awesome. I will tell you, we when I first opened, I think more people because they didn't know what they were getting into, they were a little bit afraid to share their names. We had a lot more anonymous essays at the beginning. Um, now that I've we've really been established for over a year now, we just had our one year birthday. Um, I think I get maybe one anonymous essay per every like two or three issues. Like we, most people, I, I mean, most people are really, oh my God. so oh. at this point I don't get that many anymore. Oh gosh, <laughs> which is so chaval because anonymous essays are the best because like when you're writing anonymously, no one needs to know who you are. Like yeah, but you, know you, what? Can I can and you can share everything and just like, that's the most raw and real and beautiful. No, I agree. And I also disagree. I think at this point, people are really realizing that that the response is supportive and it's not scary. And I think that they're they're more willing to be brave. I think it's anonymous essays can be right. But at the same time, I think it also takes away some of that feeling of support because nobody knows who you are. They can't actually give you that love and support. And I think that the bravery that's coming out right now with people actually putting their name on their essays has been I mean, I am so proud of so many people. There's people who started anonymously, now they're putting their name to it, and they're they're willing to accept the love and support. I think it's brave. I'll be honest. <laughs> I think so, it's okay, so, so give me an example of like a woman who who ended up going out there and sharing something totally intimate and putting her name on it. Oh my gosh, there's so many. I don't know if I want to single out anybody. <laughs> Just one. One that speaks... Know. Okay, give me one example of a woman who is very different than the rest of the Jewish typical married women. Someone who's different. Who there's has, so many. I don't know. I'm telling you. We've got, we've okay, we've got no favoritism. Oh. What would you say? I'm saying you're not supposed to have favoritism, but this the one favorite one. You know, there's so many. I literally, my brain is just bouncing all over the place. There's so many people. I'm telling you, I've made amazing connections with so many people. And like you were saying about, you know, sometimes people are just looking at the people around them and their way of life and not kind of like, you know, looking past that. I'm telling you my, my own mind has been so expanded. Like the people that I've met in so many different walks of life, just, and, and everybody, you know, they all fall under the blanket of like, Torah Jews I don't know how else to say it but like everybody's kind of like living their own 
you know, they're going through their own struggles and, and there are certain things that this is hard for me, but this is easy. And this is, you know, the way that I'm living my life. And, and I, you know, consider myself in this direction. Like I, I might, I myself, I feel like my mind has been so expanded. Like I have made friends with people all over the the gamut. I don't even know how to say it. And I, I'm telling you, I like, I've just opened up more and I've been become myself a lot less judgmental, more accepting and, and loving. And I, for me, that's amazing too, because I, I, you know, you don't always realize how judgmental and how boxed in and how limited you are yourself until you connect with these people all over. And like you realize, Oh my gosh, so many people have so much good to give. Mm-hmm. I can't even like pin it down because there's so many topics that we, that we handle, that we, that we struggle with, that we, tackled or in the magazine that like I like so many people that I just, I've fallen in love with like so many people I can't that's great <laughs> I mean I I've just been my mind has just been so expanded this year I'm so grateful I'm grateful to all of my writers thank you guys <laughs> <laughs> and who knows maybe you'll be getting lots of new writers after this podcast I would love please send me submissions I love <laughs> I'm kind of tempted to hand in something Maybe anonymous, but now that I'm on here, and I don't know how anonymous how anonymous it would be, but anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, cool. So I'm curious, like, is this only for religious Jews, or do you also have some secular Jews who send it in? So I put it under the blanket of religious Jews, and the reason I do that, and somebody actually asked me this once, I got I got one of these hate mails, <laughs> like, how come you're only limiting yourself to religious women, you know, we're all Jewish sisters, why yeah. are you doing this, it's not nice, but the truth is, the reason I did that is because there's a lot of um, issues that we're tackling that is that aren't always um, relevant, I would say, to to people who are not religious or or things actually I wanted a safe space for religious women to go that they can discuss things that maybe are already being discussed in the outside world but they don't feel safe getting involved because it's not within their lifestyle so I wanted it to be a place where like this is this is the lifestyle that you are living and yet it's also a a safe place for you to go to discuss these type of issues I wanted them really to feel like this is their community and we do discuss these things within the religious framework so that's why I, I titled it that. I'm not saying that I'm excluding, you know, anyone can read. I have men reading the magazine. You know, I'm not well, saying, oh, religious women, and you're excluded, and you can't read this. That's not what I mean by that. What I'm saying is this is a safe place for religious women to come and discuss these things within the framework that, of the life that they're living. So, yeah, that, that's yeah. the way it is. <laughs> yeah, and I also think with any, with any business, it's really, it all boils down to, like, what you say no to is what actually ends up defining you. And right. people initially think, oh, if you say no, you're going to disappoint people. But you know what? You're never going to, you're never going to, like, fulfill everyone's needs and you're never going to make everyone happy. And you're always going to have the haters and you're always going to have people who expect something different. But I think that as long as you know your values and you know your DNA of what you're looking for, then that's really going to shape you not only now, but also down the line. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so tell me, is this magazine uh, only online or do you also print it out? How many do you print out? What communities does it go out to? So as of now, it is online only. We do offer a printable PDF. So it's a minimal like payment subscription and then you can print it out on your own. The reason I don't do distribution and send it out in the mail yet is because of the, (laughs) we're getting into another hot button topic. (laughs) Um, 
it would be a problem with distribution. Um, and the reason is because I would need a whole lot of at-home subscribers for mailings in order to cover the costs. And because I wouldn't be able to sell it in a lot of mainstream supermarkets because there are women's faces on the covers. You're kidding. So a lot of places that are, that the mainstream um, magazines are sold would not be able to sell Nushim. Um, obviously, this is a issue that a lot of people are dealing with right now. Wait, because you guys don't want to show the faces or because the community? No, because the supermarkets wouldn't sell them. So because of that, I would really, I, it would be very, very hard to make the distribution channels work for us. Um, so... That's a, that's definitely an issue I've been looking into. Um, hopefully, years a few years down the line, we'll actually be able to get more serious about it. But as of right now, it's a it's a dream that I a goal that I have. Um, yeah, it's not for right now. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So these supermarkets sound really religious. Like it sounds like if they can't have women on the magazines, like you're talking about the more yeshiva-ish communities in the states. So yeah, there. I mean, this is a big issue that's been a lot of people have been dealing with it. Um, the fact that they are cutting women out of the media. Um, yeah. It's the first so, time I'm ever hearing this. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So in America, this is a really big problem that the faces are disappearing. Like if you would open a magazine from 10 years ago, you would see, you know, like Rebitsons and, and faces of people. Now you're not allowed to have anybody's faces. They have no, they, they have age limit for girls. There's a certain age. Like, I think it's under six you're allowed. But after that, I, I could be wrong about that. But it, it's definitely, I have boys <laughs> until my baby. Now I have, but oh it's, it's something like that. Like, if somebody, let's say, I have a neighbor or an older neighbor, an old neighbor who her daughter sent in a picture of a Lego creation that she made. And um, she wasn't allowed in the magazine because she's, I think, eight or whatever it is. And her mother had to tell her, well, little girls aren't allowed in the magazine. And she's just like, why? What? Why can't it be in there? It's like they're being erased. So, I mean, I just found out locally for me that one of the local advertisers um, or the advertising magazines, rather, are now not allowing pictures of, I forget what it is, like, it has to be like six inches. It's a whole thing. Oh like it's it, it, somebody's face or little girls or dolls or shaytals it was anything like is bigger than a certain amount of it's it's ridiculous like everybody's being erased i mean i heard a story from just this past week from a graphic designer who she said she had a, a wide angle picture that was being put into an advertise an advertisement in one of these magazines and it was a picture of the hotel and you know, there's men on one side and women on the other, and it's so far away, you can't see anybody. The women look like dots, okay? That's how far away this angle was. Oh, and man. they wouldn't let her publish it. They made her take it out. They cut it out, cut the women out. It's like, they're dots. They're not women. They're dots. You can't even see them. But, oh. like, that's how far we've gotten here. So I would not be able to. I make a big point of all of my writers. <laughs> their headshots are on the bottom. Whoever they are. Wow. The cover photo is somebody, and everybody's very tsnias. I'm very, very mockpit. Everyone should be tsnias, so anyone could read this magazine. But it's it's not good enough. Like apparently, in some places, a woman's face is not tsnias, no matter what. So oh gosh, I can't believe what that's where we are holding in the states right now, which is why my magazine would not be able to be sold in a lot of <laughs> supermarkets. So we are online. <laughs> that's the situation I find myself in right now. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I, this is just like such news, you know, because I, I live in Israel 
Ireland and Israel, you have a whole bunch of different communities of religious people. You have more modern people, less modern, modern like Orthodox, a little bit yeshivish, but you know, I never saw how faces are being, you know, cut off just because personally, I don't know. I don't know how much I want to get into it, but personally, I think, you know, face shows an essence of a person, essence of a human being. And we have so many great leaders, especially in the Jewish community. You have Yimima Mizrahi, Mm -hmm. you have, you know, all these amazing women, amazing like leaders. And, and if you can help spread their word and help spread their message in the world, why not share that? I mean, if, if you're showing kids under the age of six, I think that's more inappropriate. It's just like, you know, these days I've been speaking to some friends who are afraid to show pictures of their kids on Instagram or on Facebook just because you don't know who's seeing that. I think right. that's even more vulnerable than showing a face of a Jewish proud leader who's making a beautiful I know. Event. So that's the okay. point. The problem is that, that our, our girls that are growing up have no one to look to. Because they're not seeing, they're basically seeing they get to a certain age and they're erased. Where are the firm women who are who are inspiring to them, who are who are sharing Torah, who are showing us the way to live? Where are they? They're gone. They're not there. I mean, even they, a lot of, you know, they have notices for, let's say, a, a dinner, a, a shul dinner or a, a teach or um, a school assembly and they're honoring parents. There's a picture of the father and they say both names, but they only have a picture of the father. The woman okay. is not there. Or like I mean, advertising, like, you know, let's say a Pesach hotel and there's going to be a woman speaker there, but her picture's not on there. All the men are there. And then the woman, the name is mentioned without the face. It's ridiculous. Like where is she? So it really exists. Okay. So, so Rachel, what are we doing to change this? <laughs> so there are a lot of initiatives and people are trying to change it. And I mean, it's slow going. It's slow going because as we take, steps forward there are groups of people who are making even more rules and taking steps back and it's it's a shame i mean yeah it's a shame listen i i i personally am not the person fighting the tide on my own here there is a lot of groups who are doing a lot more proactive steps i mean for me when i established this this is a woman's magazine so some people would say like i'm not really making any progress because i'm i'm catering to women so yes it's women's faces to women um, but there are people who are fighting a lot more proactively. There mm-hmm. are groups that are trying. I don't, I don't you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? Are there any groups that come up in your mind right now? Uh, yeah, there's a group called Chachmas Nashim. Mm-hmm. Um, or Chachmat Nashim. Like, that's, that's a big one that's fighting. There are, there are some, uh, I don't know, there are some Facebook groups. There are some people who are taking the reins on this. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. because you know what? I, I don't even think this is on the level of like feministic or unrational. No, not at all. I think this is something very basic. Like, I think, I think that you know, especially like the role of the Jewish woman is you know, to raise the next generation, it's to raise your kids, it's to give them a good role model, it's to be a good role model. And if you're having these, these rules that are just kind of blinding people, they're getting a little bit too close to, I don't know, whatever they're doing, but. I think it's a little bit unrational if, if women can't really be out there, you know, m- you know, making a difference. And, and I agree. And the truth is that the rest of the world is showing women in a different capacity in ways that we don't want our children to see. Exactly. And it's the only thing they're seeing because they have nothing else to look at because they're not seeing religious women in a good light. They're not seeing them at all. Exactly. And that's in the outside world, it's horrible. Well, I mean, there's nothing for them to look up to. There's only for them to see 
these other pictures and they're like, okay, I guess that's what I'm aspiring to. I mean, it's exactly. like, it's, but what else are they looking at? Like, there's nothing for them to see to show them the proper way to go. It's really sad. They need role models. They need yeah. to see pictures. Yeah. Of, we're, not of talking, we're not even talking about just like mediocre, modest, like, like, you know, like trendy. We're talking about women yeah. who are models every sense of the word and yes. like if all they can see is either I don't know Miley Cyrus or Britney Spears and if not that then nothing then right. <laughs> these girls you know especially when they're going into teenagehood especially when they're yep. opening their eyes becoming young women you know as as like you know social media is getting further and further I think when you have a printed something in front of your face with an amazing uh, honorable woman I think that is a lot easier to really internalize and get a message from yep. and Oh, there's so many, so many they ways. They need something to aspire to, and they need to see it with their eyes. It's not yeah. enough to just hear about people. It's so much more real when you see it. And if the only thing they're seeing is bad role models, and they're they're only these, you know, in their in their minds, like, okay, there's these names floating around out there, but they don't mean anything to me because I have nothing to look at. I mean, that's that's very scary for the next generation. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, okay, so if I'm gonna ask you, Rachel Lazar. There are three female role models that are in your life. Who would they be? Only three, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty um, generous. Okay, so do they have to be role models in my life or people who inspire me that are not necessarily, I don't know them? You define it. Okay, so I actually will tell you, the person who I, a, a person in Claudia Israel who I really find super inspiring and has changed the course of my life is definitely Ravanit Mizrahi. Mm. Her, there was a speech that she gave a few years and I listened to a lot of her speeches. They're all very inspiring. There's one that literally turned my life around. Um, so she's definitely um, somebody I definitely look up to, but I do not know personally. Um, gosh, in my own life, there have been so many women who have taken me under their wing and just helped me grow i mean oh goodness i can't even pin down <laughs> i will say there, there's definitely one and i have no idea if you'll ever hear this um i had a, a teacher from high school who i've actually kept in touch with a little bit over the years who took me under her wing and um let me come to her house whenever i wanted and let me spend showers by her and showed me that there is a, a way to um to have a household that can um, help others and inspire others. Um, and that's Yael Weisbord. I don't know if she wants to tell her to come listen to this. Yael Weisbord. Um, so she, yeah, so she, yeah, I mean, she was basically like a, a, a big sister, mother figure for me for many, many years. And I still keep in touch with her. Um, amazing. Definitely, that's been a role model in my life. Oh, with that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I think some of the role models in our life, like they don't always know that they are the role models and you can kind of like go your whole life and always like, you know, think back to that time, that moment that yeah. inspired you. And so I think you should go and find this Yael Weisbord and tell her, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she lives in my town and I can find her. I do I do speak to her very periodically <laughs> when yeah. things are not crazy busy and I have a chance to yeah, she's definitely been instrumental in, in changing the course of my life also. That's, so. beautiful. That's beautiful. So amazing. So whoever's listening to this, you know, I want to commend you. I want to delegate you to go and reach out to a person that has been a role model to you and at least 
I don't know, let them know, you know, tell, share with them, tell them what they gave you. And I think it's something that everyone can benefit from. Yes. Um, so, okay. So Rachel, how would you describe the modesty of a religious woman? Mm, that is a tough question. Um, let's a little more specific. It's very broad. <laughs> so, so as you know, basically I, I designed this brand of modest sportswear, Hanabana, and you know, you have women who for different reasons want to cover up. Some, some cover up, you know, against the sun, some cover up, you know, because it's more flattering. But how, But in Judaism, we have the whole concept of modesty and people are very, um, I don't know, people are very personal about the way they describe it and what it is for them because, you know, there are different ways of, you know, women who cover up in different ways and different manners and different levels. Some women just cover up their elbows, some women just cover up their shoulder, you know, so so and they do it for different reasons but like when you hear the word modesty as a religious jewish woman how do you describe it mm -hmm. um to me modesty is about keeping your i guess your special essence for yourself and for those that are closest to you that you're not um sharing too much of of what makes you special and unique with with outsiders in a way that would make you more that would i guess um water it down you know what i mean mm -hmm. like i feel like the things that that are most personal to you that you have to share are very unique and special to you don't necessarily have to be put out there for the entire world because it, it it almost like takes away the specialness of it does that make sense tons of sense makes so okay. much sense. <laughs> um, i think sometimes it's a little bit hard to know you know to, to keep to keep your uh, your beauty and your essence especially when there are people who could be toxic sometimes and you're not always in control over those people, like, you know, sometimes they're in your own family or sometimes you see them at work every day. So, um, yeah. And then you also have the aspect of, of people who, you know, like making, wanting to make a dent in the world and wanting to make a change in the world. But at the end of the day, you want to keep your special spark and you want to keep it. You know, for right. I think the balance is also anybody who goes out there to do something to help influence the world, you know, I mean, even people I'm thinking just like, you know, like speakers or influencers or any type of spiritual leaders they you know there's a, an amount that they have to share with the world in, in order to connect with people like a, a more vulnerable level that that people can find them real and can and really take their words to heart because they say see that oh this is a real person too i think it's a balance because you don't want to leave everything out there 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 should be things that are being held back just for you just for those who are closest to you um, and I think that balance, sometimes it's hard to know where the line is, especially in today's world where everything's connected and social media is everywhere. Um, there's definitely a fine, a fine line to walk between what, what's held back and what is exposed to the world. Yeah. Wow. I love this. I really, really love this. <laughs> <laughs> so much uh, to think about. And, um, yeah. And thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing your views. And so 
Yeah. So anyone who's listening, how can they find you? So our website is nushimmagazine.com, and that's two M's in the middle. Um, we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. You can email me your story, submissions at nushimmagazine.com. Uh, we joined with Mika Fashion to make a Nushim dress. You can look for that. That's like also really pretty. <laughs> um, what else? I mean, we're involved in a lot of stuff at this point. So the best way is to go on the website and see what we're what we're involved in. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. And I actually I did see the Nashim dress. I'm just really curious. What what is the Nashim dress? It's like black with like pink. So is that like? So is, yeah. So Mika has come out with a new line. Um, it's the Kintsugi line and Kintsugi is a Japanese art form that when something very expensive, very precious breaks, they actually glue it back together with gold or silver lining, like in the cracks, like the, it's actual gold that's being put in there. So now it's become even more precious than it was before it broke. So she started the line where the cracks are down the dress, like they're, they, they look like cracks or gold and silver to show that as women we go through life experiences and sometimes we're broken and sometimes we go through things that that crack us so to speak and it only makes us even more beautiful when we come out and we're even more powerful so she designed a, a dress with our nushim colors where the cracks are pink or the you know that magenta fuchsia color that of the nushim logo because so, so our, our mission really aligns like we're, we're talking about struggles we're talking about women you know, becoming even more beautiful through their struggles. And, and this is who we are. This is what makes us who we are. So that's the message we're trying to spread. That is amazing. And I'm only finding this out now because I saw the dress for so long and I was wondering, what is this dress about? I mean, it's a pretty dress, but I'm like, why is it the Nashim dress? This is amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And it's so funny. I just actually learned about the Kintsugi art just the other week as well. It really is so much aim for what you're trying to portray and what you're trying to do. And um, I'm looking forward to your next dress and I'd be happy to help you design it if you ever want. <laughs> uh, we can talk. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Amazing. So thank you so much, Rachel. And I'm wishing you tons of slacha and good luck with what you're doing. Yeah. Thank Amazing. you so much. Um, and, and if there's one tip that you can give to all of our followers here that are hesitant about sending in an article, what would it be? Um, I'm a person <laughs> with my own struggles and um, really don't be afraid because even if you think that maybe your story isn't one you're, you know, you think that people will relate to or maybe you feel like you're not a good writer, like whatever it is, even that first connection just email me let's talk like you know <laughs> I, okay. don't be afraid it's it's we'll work it out we can make it work because it's it's for sure worth it to connect with other people to share it, it can be life-changing for you so don't that's, be scared <laughs> be and what's the, what's the email address so um there's two there's either if you want to really just send in an article first and you're really ready to take that step submissions at nationmagazine.com um, if you want to reach out just to discuss with me, it's Rachel at nashimagazine.com. Or if you'd like to advertise on our site, <laughs> because that's how our magazine is supported. Also, please. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, for sure. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, as Rachel, I'm looking forward to speaking again soon. For sure. Thank you.